Welcome to Blind Guy Talks Tech, the weekend edition. Featuring Sean Priest, Tim Schwartz, Robin Christofferson, Sally Clay. But first, that blind guy himself, it's Stephen Scott. Hi guys, welcome to another Blind Guy Talks Tech at the weekend. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott. Good to have your company once again. Great to be here with you. And uh, we also have, let's uh, see who's on the roster today. I have a feeling uh, we're going to have, there she is. It's that Londoner herself. All right, darlings, get out my pub. Are you from London? No, <laughs> my dad's from London. I'm from Hertfordshire, so it's about 30 minutes away on the train. You see, you do so many accents. I actually I have no idea where you're from. I don't know what my own accent is anymore. You could be from Cuba, for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but my uh, my original accent was a little bit more southern. But as I've got older, I've refined southern. it, darling. Oh, I see, yes. I, was going to say I grew up in Hertfordshire, what? and they do sound like that. Certainly the town that I grew up in, anyway. Yeah, we're re- well, yeah, <laughs> they right, definitely darlings. do. What, darling? Yeah, see, that's, I used to talk like that when I was younger. Yeah, I don't expect more of that from, from you. Younger. Sorry, that's how we used to talk. You have to elongate the vowels at the end. It's like, shut <laughs> up. All right, younger. Yeah, heavy words. Mm. All the words were like hammocks. Yeah, exactly. That's how I imagine. It's very them. poetic, obviously. Isn't wow. it just, yeah. Uh, it's the same in Glasgow. Glasgow accents are very similar. We've got that kind of, you know, people don't see milk, they see milk. Milk. The word has got a weight to it. You know, I feel like I'm carrying the milk as we speak, you know. Um, anyway, Sally Clay's here. Robin Christofferson's also here. Hello. Hello. Also, we have Tim Schwartz, all the way from America. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I need to I've got nothing either on that one, really. Um, How's America doing? Is uh, Donald Trump back yet? Because I know he's, he's oh. coming back, isn't he? He's going to run the place oh, in a couple of years, geez. isn't he? Oh, boy. <laughs> if by run the place, you mean the 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 prison that he'll be in in a couple wow. of years, probably. Well, you, you hope, right? You live in hope mm-hmm. in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's going to be a fun one. Listen, there's always, there's always space in Scotland if you want to live here, right? I mean, it's not it's not as big as your country, but, you know, we can make I'd room. There's not going to be enough space for both of you, though, is there? Sorry. See, well, yeah, that's for sure. See, you, you know this, and, and Stephen. Not, not Trump how, as well. It was a few years ago that uh, I, I recall when, when a certain election happened, I actually went on the internet to see, okay, what is the most southern uh, warm spot in all of the UK? It still wouldn't have been warm enough, so I I, I couldn't go. No. Um, How warm does it I... have to be? Oh, uh... and you have to talk in Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Yeah, well, that's the problem. <laughs> I was trying to convert real fast in my head, and I I can't do it. Um, I remember when I did radio for for long enough and used to do it, we would have to do the weather and you had to very quickly convert. I don't know why we had to do Celsius and Fahrenheit. We'd always say it was like, you know, uh, 11 Celsius, 52 Fahrenheit. And I always remembered it because the local radio station in Scotland that I grew up listening to was on 11.52 a.m. Oh, <laughs> And that's what made me remember that 11 was 52. And then the 52, every time you went up by one Celsius, you went up by two Fahrenheit. Yeah, but it's not as simple so as that. Twelve fifty-four. Like it doesn't always stay that way. It doesn't. I know, and it changes later on. It's like it's, it's like that. You know, th- there are thirty days in September, April, June, and November, November and then it right. just all seems to fall apart yeah, after that. After Whoever that. wrote that was drunk. Clearly, I do know that <laughs> negative. 
I do know negative 40 degrees Celsius is also negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's all I is know. Is it? It's also bloody it cold. Is. That is it's freezing. also no, very it's bloody cold. It's definitely not yes. that cold in Scotland, just so you know, Tim. No, 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 no not that bad. No, but it's it's cold enough that we get four seasons here, and as we we discussed previously, they are all very drastic when they happen. Uh, the extremes you know do happen in the four seasons we get. Your four seasons are more like probably two. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. most of it cold. And yeah, I used to live in Michigan when I was very young, and that's about the where I was in Michigan was about the same latitude as where Glasgow is, I believe, or maybe still yeah. a little south, but but close. And it was always too cold. But Scotland so, so, is colder. Yeah. I would definitely say. I mean, I know people say that. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. But I think it is. Well, it's, but the difference, I think, is that people are used to it in Scotland. That's the difference. So when someone like someone said well, yes. to me, we were back and forward. With, uh, we mentioned Frankie yesterday, right? Uh, from Australia, and I was uh, messaging back and forth. Frankie had sent some lovely messages on DM on Twitter, so I was messaging him back, and I said, you know, Australia, what an amazing country, so lovely and warm. And Frankie came back and he said, oh, it's only 17 degrees today, it's quite cold. And I'm thinking, 17 degrees? I'd be in my hot tub, I'd be, you know, out in shorts. It would be, it's a, <laughs> that's a beautiful day in I Scotland. Know. I mean, I when know. I hear 17, I'm not taking a jacket anywhere I go. No, I, I've got to say, I've got used to that now. I yeah. wouldn't take a jacket at 17 degrees. I mean, also, <laughs> I do have a considerable amount of insulation built Sorry, in. I'm not far behind you, pal. So, you know, that kind of <laughs> solves some of the heat issues, right? It could be about 50 degrees. Stephen, I think, I think you should come to the gym. I think we should get Stephen to the gym. <laughs> I think, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. You can't get me out for coffee and I like coffee. So what do you think? When do you think I'm going to tell a place I don't like? It would be so fun to watch. Now, listen, Stephen, this is a a bit of pulling back the curtain. How many years ago was it you, me and Sean tried, thought about, attempted to do a fitness blind podcast? Remember this? I can't remember. We recorded one episode. (laughs) I I think it's because we we couldn't get a name that wasn't offensive. Well, that's part of it. That's uh, what was it going to be? I mean, I I can't remember. I do remember some of them, which we can't say. Some of them we can't say on here. It was like no. fat Did blind guys or... doing exercise in yes. the recording. Well, well, actually, exercising your jaw. Uh, oh, definitely that. Well, that's what we chose to end up doing is just talking <laughs> for right. the next several years. This is what probably five, four or five years ago. I think. See, God, years the ago. only right. woman on this podcast is going to the gym. What are you guys doing? Nothing. I used to I've go to Rob, the gym. Robin keeps fit. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah he walks the stairs. Yeah, Lots no, of walking. Yeah. I've got yeah. loose weights in the house, but I desperately want to get a. One of these multi gyms, home multi gyms again. Oh yeah, we had one oh, for I've a while. Had one of those. Yeah. Do you find walking helps? Because I love walking and I do a lot of walking, but it doesn't help shed the pounds for me. Whenever you go for a guide dog, they match you to a speed. You've got like oh, slow, yeah. medium, and fast, and I always ask for a fast one. So yeah, yeah I find it's it's really really good. You know, yeah, I suppose with a fast now. guide dog, yeah, that, yeah. That, that would help a lot. Because I use a cane, so even, I do walk quite fast with a cane, but even so, there are times well, when you have to stop. And It's so that. interesting, right? Because I, as you know, I've been telling you about my issues with balance and stuff and, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of issues. And then mm-hmm. the other day, I bought myself a new cane. And this time around, my wife, who's a, you know, like she actually knows how to do this properly because she's a rehabilitation and mobility expert. So she knows her stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so she says, look, Stephen, let me just, let's do the measuring properly because I think you've, the one the cane you've got is too short. And I said, okay, so we bought, a, I think it was a 145 centimetres versus 130, right? So oh, that's quite a difference. My one's 130. There's yeah, no way you should short. Like 130. So that didn't seem right. Wow. And uh, so she said, no, that's, that's not right. That's not the one you should be using. So we got 145 and 
when I was in London. That, that's obviously the first time I'd really be using it out and about. And I, what a difference. It is amazing, isn't it? And I was actually able to walk length. faster. Yeah. Because I had more room, I had more ability to sweep and, and actually have a sense of where I was going. I, I really enjoyed it, actually. And I will say as well, I, I, we haven't done a show on this yet, but I, I haven't bought one. I was asking a company, or the company, I guess, Ambutech, to send me one, but, well, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but I wanted them to send me one of these new Jabber, is it Jabber canes, they call them? Um, they're really cool. I tried one once, which is basically like it has this elastic... Uh, not elastic. I don't know what you call it. rubber. Maybe um, the, shock the, absorber. The, the hand, yeah, it's like a, the handle. Um, if you hit something, it will, you know, it'll go into the cane. So the cane will it won't fold up, but it'll just kind of push in so that the handle doesn't jab you. Oh, Ooh, that's so a really good that. idea because the amount of something times that I've been jabbed by the cane. Yeah. Well, I actually talked to a, a mobility specialist here several years ago because I was having the same problem uh, because where I was walking a lot, the sidewalks had a lot of cracks and bumps and oh, lips yeah. and things like that. And so it would, even though I was using a rollerball tip, it would still get stuck and then it would jab me in the stomach mm -hmm. or in, you yeah, know, in the pelvis. Exactly the and I had, I had like these scars and, and, and bruises on my stomach. And so I went to him and talked to him about it. And he said, well, there is a side technique that you can use, but we don't like to recommend it. But with as tall as you are and as long as your cane is, what we might do is just get you one that's a little bit longer and then practice doing like a side technique. And that's now what I always do. I My hand is closer to my hip. Yeah, and I, I do that the, sometimes. Yeah, the key was making sure that you're still swiping because I use it in my right hand. So they said you just have to make sure you're swiping properly to the other side, to the left side, because otherwise, if you're just swiping in front of you, you're only swiping really the front right side of you, yeah. not all the way to the other. Mm -hmm. So I just had to practice making sure that I went a wider, a wider swipe to the, to, yeah. to the right, a wider arc to the left to cover that side. And and that's how I've done it ever since. But to have something like that, that that's fantastic. Yeah. And it, it, I will say, though, just on the one I tried, the handle, it compresses a little bit too easily in some ways for me. I think it'd be nice to have a little bit of tension control on it. Because Does it dampen it's... the information you get? Uh, well, I haven't tried it on the road. I've only tried, I mean, I've tried it in a... Well, you in try a... it in the house? Well I, well, I just tried it. I was actually out somewhere at an event and we were, we were, I was showing <laughs> it. Um, and it was, just, it was just in my hand, I held it. And I thought, this is interesting because the way it compresses, it felt just a little bit too... Um, it was almost too loose in a, in a way. So, mm. when, you know, it felt like you'd be walking along and it would just be bumping around and it would, it's hard to describe until you try it. You know what I mean? Um, but I will, I will. I'd almost be afraid I'd be going too fast and it would compress in and then I would stumble forwards because I well, wouldn't Well, that's have... another point. Yeah, that's another point. Yeah. If it's too loose, it would do that. So having some tension control in it would be quite good. But look, it's something we need to try and, and we'll talk about yep. properly. I want to go. Absolutely. I want to go. Can I be the out and about person? You can be that about person. Yeah. yeah, we'll get one and we'll, we'll try it out. Definitely. I want to, I want to do that. Um, listen, uh, Marvin writes in, also from Australia, lots of Australian listeners. Hello to Australia. Yeah. Lovely place. Uh, there's, a, there's a place I'd like to go. Anyone want to uh, put me yeah, up for a I'll few come. nights? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. Go we'll all go. Come on. Right, we're all Blind going. Tour. Uh, Marvin, have you got some room in your house? Uh, he says, um, hi. Well, used to uh, I used to love Star Trek Discovery. Oh, no. Yes! Come on. Oh, and Lost in yep. Space on Netflix. Oh, dear. Right, okay. So this is about the show. Lost in Space was good. He says, then it went to Paramount Plus, and so I found. Yes. And uh, this is me giving away... A big blind secret. We should have a jingle for this. Dum, dum, dum. Big, big blind, blind secret, right? Secret. Audiovault.net. Oh, yes. Right. 
which mm-hmm. has audio described content for free. Yes. Um, in audio only, we should point out. Not the yeah, film, not the whole thing, but not the video yeah. side of it. Um, so he says, I got Star Trek Discovery Season 4 and Lost in Space Season 3. And also a lot of Marvel movies, including the latest Spider-Man blockbuster. I'm waiting for Star Trek Season uh, Picard Season 2 audio described as well. It is audio described Ooh. now. I think it's already on. It there. is, yeah. but I think they mean on Audio Vault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know if you yeah, can on, get it. Yeah, on Paramount Plus it is audio yeah. described and uh, it's really good. I just watched the very last episode this last week. I also haven't actually to... watched it. Sorry, carry on. Well, I was going to say, he also says uh, he wants to see if Star Trek Universe is described. How many of these things are there? There's loads. Oh, I can't I've got to say Discovery is my least favourite one. Probably, it's gotten better with the most recent season because they, they went a different plot but yeah it's it's, it's better now than it was so I think boring. but Stephen oh, you know Picard nothing about good. it Strange New Worlds just uh, discovered it why is it, bo- why is it boring I, I just, explain it's too much why of it. it's boring he can't tell you it's too, no, m- it's too much it's all, and you said to me it's like Coronation Street in space but you've watched Corrie right I like Corrie well exactly so if you like Corrie then you'd like this you think that swap the cobbles for Moonrock yeah exactly right kind of yeah you know, for a, sh- a spaceship, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, really I still good. have all the same See, dilemmas and just dramas. The, you know the and problem? It's like if things. I was starting a soap opera now. It's just too far in. I get, yeah, but it isn't. You know what I mean? It's, just, it, it's not like that no. because you can start from the beginning of one series. Oh, there's my child just walked in. Sorry, I'm recording. I, I love these bits and shows. <laughs> I love these because <laughs> it makes it real. That's what it is. We're all at home, right? That's it. <laughs> There's a the child just left here. to get on the bus to go to school, so. There's a child here. Right, everyone behave. Hi. Five-year-old <laughs> in good. the room. Um, so, yeah, so all these issues are described. Now, uh, Frankie says, no, Frankie, sorry, Marvin says, uh, we only have two free-to-air services in Australia with 14 hours of audio-described content, ABC mm-hmm. Australia and SBS. I've reached out to the other free-to-air providers in Australia, 9, 10, and 7, so may reach out again. Um Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, they do have audio described content. Not sure about uh, binging, um, which, not sure about binge, which is a, an offshoot of Foxtel. That's the main PTV provider in Australia. Sorry, I don't know what those are. I hope I'm getting these right. Um, and not sure about Cow, which is a sports streaming service. <laughs> is it called Cow? That's interesting. <laughs> if I, maybe I've read that wrong. I don't know. But yeah, okay. Well, let's go with it. Let's just say it's called Cow. Um, yeah. Blindy's reading. Cows, Never get Blindy to do it. Right, go on. Yeah, it's a cow's out in the field playing football. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I'd watch. Now that sounds interesting. See, you would, you'd watch cows playing football in the field, but you wouldn't watch Star Trek. And I'd what much does that rather say watch that than Steven? actual football. What yes. does that, yeah, to be fair, so would I. Uh, Janine writes in again <laughs> following our chat with Robin last week on his bizarre or as he considers it not bizarre eye exercises <laughs> hi gang uh, regarding your uh, having your eyes removed and or using your eyes in a standard way to look horrors normal my mother was very diligent when we were growing up about looking directly at people uh, following conversations between people in a group and or looking at a presentation even if we couldn't see it she wasn't mean nor stringent about it. She just gave us reminders gently but firmly. This did help me in ways I didn't realise at the time. My eye muscles remained fairly strong and responsive, even with the disfigurements. I was terrified to have my eyes removed in part because I'd heard all these stories about people's eyes falling out. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I've got some, some of those stories. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Talk about feeling abnormal. Uh, she says, uh, turns out that ha- th- this happens in part because people aren't able to control the muscles around their eyes. It's not something many people can help. It just happens. But it does also help to have well-fitted prostheses. Prostheses? Prosthetics. Prosthetics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, prostheses. 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 Uh, the surgeon also, uh, so the surgeon who removed my eyes gave me some exercises to do the first time he saw me. These uh, did help over the nearly six years it took me to act on the operation. These are done with both eyes at the same time. Look up as far as you can without moving your head. Look down as far as you can without moving your head. Look left and right as far as you can without moving your head. And without moving your mouth, look happy. Without moving your mouth, <laughs> look angry. Wow, that's the actual exercise. It's amazing. Um, these that exercises. Hurts my eyes when I do that. Do that the same thing. Without moving point. your mouth, look angry. Mm, mm, very angry. Mm. I've been listening to brilliant psychology related um, podcasts recently. And apparently, oh. if you watch a film or anything, or do anything, I suppose, with a pencil in your mouth, which makes you smile, I don't know why, because the pencil's straight, but it does. Right. Um, you enjoy it more. <laughs> So there you go. Scientific. Wait, where do you get these podcasts? Okay. In order, <laughs> in order to hold the, the pencil between your teeth, your mouth has to yeah, do. Uh, it has yeah. to stretch Surely in such a way that a it's a. It's more a cat's bottom smile than an actual smile, right? It's not Basically, an actual it's full smile. You can <laughs> fake it till you make it. It's important yeah, to. Exactly. Oh. If um, you smile stick a pencil up your bottom, you'll be able to make the O sound. Oh, if you do what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what about your bottom to make an O sound? <laughs> Well, look, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's not any more ridiculous than to stick a pencil in your mouth to look happy. Did you know, though, <laughs> did you know that your emotions wow. are as a result of subconscious automatic responses? So, for example, if something embarrassing happens, you don't feel embarrassed until you sense, until you realise that your fleek, your fleeks are just... Your cheeks are flushed. Wow. <laughs> and then you get embarrassed because you realise. So similarly, another research that they did was Is that they because got a lady. then become visual in a sense that other people are aware of it at that point? Yeah. And then you get embarrassed yeah. because you're, yeah. you've flushed. Because you're going to show it. Yeah. And all of this happens uh, subconsciously. Uh, so basically we're being driven by subconscious responses. For example, another one was um, they got a lady with a clipboard to um, do a survey on a rope bridge. Wow, rope bridge. Okay, on the, a rather rickety rope bridge. I don't did know you, why this came you, in twice. Did, anyway, did you build it? And they got the lady to stand on the edge of this rope bridge and do the survey. Did she fire an arrow to the other side? <laughs> to do right, the survey. Listen, boys, be quiet. <laughs> Sorry. They did the survey with these guys um, and they all um, were asked afterwards to rate her attractiveness. They did another um, control sexist uh, yeah. yeah set of experiments <laughs> with the lady in the middle of the rope bridge and people you know the, the same well no, it can't be the same guys different guys came along um and by the middle of the rope bridge their hearts were already uh affected by the you know anxiety the adrenaline whatever it might be and afterwards after they'd done the survey they you know were debriefed and they were asked how attractive she was and they rated it much higher because but, but- they were it's like misassociation or disassociation. Oh, with the, with the anxiety thinking, of the... Yeah, their bodily response, they were applying it to her attractiveness, which is what happens, you know, you, your oh, heart Tim, rate we've walked into up. a clubhouse room. Can I, can I just... <laughs> well, we're all blind, yeah, so everybody looks beautiful but, to me. But, oh, <laughs> but can I just ask, right, how would you ever... Because there's a bit of a flaw with that experiment. Sorry, Robin. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a bit of a flaw, which is that they ask different people on a different day. So how would they know... Um, if those people would have said something differently if they had moved her 
if you know what I mean. I do. I mean, different group of people. We'd have to have a broad enough, um, you know, base of... Sample, yeah. Yeah, broad What we're sample, getting to is it's all garbage. That's what we're getting to. <laughs> I love all this stuff. It's brilliant. I just think it's, it does sound like implausible. Not, it, I mean, It's fun, but it does sound a bit ridiculous. It does, so it does where sound it like came a conversation. was an AMI. We're still doing it, right. And what the network I do shows yeah. for. AMI okay. podcast. It's called Interview with Fern Lullum. In which case and it's brilliant. Experts on <laughs> the best podcast um, I've ever heard. Stephen, so, we're struggling to hear you. Yeah, you're very, very low. Yeah, it's, this new, it's this microphone. It's this new microphone I got. It's so good um, <laughs> at uh, dulling background mm-hmm. noise. It even cuts me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love all that stuff. Sorry. Carry yeah, on. It's, no, it's interesting. Oh, is that on Firm's podcast? I must, I must listen to it. I'm a big fan. Huge fan. Love into it. You. I'm it's all into that. Amazing. Mm-hmm. She's just not that into you, though, Stephen. It's all about Fern- disability hey. dating, really guys. Awesome. By the way, Fern is fantastic. Is and relationships. Oh, maybe, I yeah. or maybe I will listen to it then, because I find that fascinating. Hugely, hugely interesting. Really is. Now I feel terrible. My embarrassment is flushing my cheeks or cheeking my flushes or whatever it was. Yep. Just it, chushing your fleeks. Yeah. <laughs> Janine says, this was a tech show way back when, but uh, anyway, mm-hmm. back to eye exercises and Janine's email who says, these exercises keep the muscles in your eyes or around your eyes in shape so that the prosthetics will stay in place and move naturally. I was sceptical, but I'm often told now that people can't tell if I that I have fake eyes or prosthetic eyes. Uh, I've even had to put in my emergency info that my pupils do not respond. Imagine the poor paramedic trying to figure out whether I've got a concussion or not. Oops. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, so glad to hear that. some of you also have synesthesia. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine has to do with letters and numbers and also phonemes. Phonemes? Yeah, that, bits of words. And sounds, mor- morphemes? Sounds, yeah. And Morphine. words? Morphine? No, there's that, another that's thing. That's what it that says here. Morph- pho- phonemes and yep. morphemes. I don't know what morphemes are, but I presume that there's things that change. I don't know. But uh, phonemes are definitely sounds. Just I have to remind words. our listeners, I'm not a smart person. So, you know, if we can, you know, keep the language simple. You're here. a smartphone person, though, aren't you? Steve? Smartphone, <laughs> but not a smart person. Uh, but so word sounds and parts of words all have their own colours. It's a great memory tool, actually. Well, that's what you guys were saying last week, yeah. right? It's, that's how you remember things. You have colours and, and smells in your case, Sal, right? No, I don't get the smell things. I sure made that up. No, <laughs> oh, I just that, have. Was that a joke, right? Okay. Yeah, it was a joke. I definitely don't know the a smell thing. Though. It can be, yeah, but just not for for us. Uh, she says, uh, keep up the great discussions uh, and keep up the fun as well. And Janine with her invisible fedora today. There you go. Hey! Um, and Cosgrove <laughs> writes in, uh, hello to all of you crazy blindies. Just a wee email <laughs> to let you know how much I love your show. I mean, you cover everything. Sometimes you even talk about tech. Smiley face. Um, <laughs> it's so funny, in this teleprompter app I've got here, the smiley face is Huge! I, can, I can't, still can't see what's on it, but I, I'm guessing it's smiling. I hope it is. Uh, there is so much that I would love to comment on regarding your 100th episode, but I don't want poor Stephen reading a novel and hurting his poor wee eyes. Oh, no one else cares. Well, Go if for he just it. used speech, you know, like normal people, then he'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. He's, not no, doing it. he's still trying to hang freak. on to that last bit of sight. 144 point we're up to this week. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Lord Robin has been with you a lot way too long. I mean, pelvic floor exercises and rolling his eyes. What? Another smiley face. Um, <laughs> poo face. Uh, Sally d- d- didn't do that. Actually, this would apply so next. Sorry. Um, Sally, who smells her way through life, really needs to be on your podcast a lot more. She makes the show. Oh, well, we all agree with that. But she's yep. only around one day a week, so we can't no, get around. No, I'm not now. I can, I can come a little bit more now. Anyway, okay. carry on. 
don't, don't encourage her. Uh, no, she's as uh, <laughs> and says. Me, me, me. It's I all would, about me. It's all about me. It used to be all about me. What's happened to that? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, Anne says, I would like to comment on pavement parking. I am a guide dog owner, and rather than us waiting forever until the road is clear to do an off curb, I use my cane and beat my way through. Yes, yes! I do. I, I totally love that. do that. Yeah, I love that. She says, I've I've, actually, I've, 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 "There's a word that I've made up for this. It's called okay. a Battersea Park, right? And you literally." <laughs> That is brilliant. Well, it's because of a podcast called Words, Words, Words that's part of the Audio oh, Pizza yeah. podcast. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and I uh, I did a little feature on their little contribution, and it was literally this crazy blind woman, aka me, <laughs> uh, walking through the streets and um, encountering parked cars and battering them with my cane because you can't <laughs> wow. see them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Because I can't see them, you know. So I just no, but I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually found a car, located it, and then went, right, Beat that car deserves a good right. beating. We yeah. will say on the interest of balance, you know, let's not destroy public property or people's property if we can. Yeah, let's try to Sal. avoid it. Mm. Um, if, you don't, if you don't know it's there, I mean, and look, if anyone does ask, you didn't see it, right? So that's fine. Anyway, uh, sadly, she says, um, Aran says, I have ruined so many canes doing this. In fact, the roller know, that's the flew off my cane onto the road just today. <laughs> When there were not one, but five cars parked up on the pavement. Five cars, that's that ridiculous. a lot of cars, though. Um, she says, it's costing me a fortune replacing the canes. I know I can just replace the roller tip, but it's too much hard work. You can invoice the drivers. Like, Do you know something? Like, a little note on their windscreen. Well, I, I actually think, I mean, the way I've solved it in the past is if a, if a driver is, you know, either out of the car or maybe in their garden and, and they are aware of me bumping into their car... Um, <laughs> And actually, with the shorter cane, that probably happened even more. Now I think about it, that was probably a big mm-hmm. issue there. Um, but they often come out and it's, uh, and I'm like, well, look, guys, if you could just park your car on the street rather than on the pavement, and you know, because I, I will, I will damage your car not deliberately, but I will no, walk into a wing mirror or something by accident. And it's, if it's a van, you often either get a sore face or a sore shoulder with it, right? Do Do you walk into it at head? Because I've I, I don't know whether I'm just too little to walk into the vans and, and actually hurt my face because I've never actually hit a van with my face. I probably will go out and do I it did, now. Well, I, well, I tell funny. you one. I, so <laughs> so uh, there was. <laughs> if you want to laugh, I'll tell you a story about me getting on a bus. Now, this was probably a good couple of years ago. That is a laugh. Uh, yeah, me on a bus, I know. I know it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, I was, I was getting on this bus and uh, waiting. And, you know, these um, bus stops now, they have quite high... Um, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like there's like a... They've raised the level of the pavement at certain bus stops, I guess, so that it's easier to get access onto the buses or maybe the buses mm-hmm. don't have to lower anymore. I don't know how that works. But anyway, um, anyway, I was standing waiting and the bus pulls in. But obviously there must have been someone parked before the bus stop. So you had to pull in from the road into the space rather than just yeah. drive up to it. And of course, there was a bit of an overhang on the bus. <laughs> and I got whacked by the mirror. Ow. Oh. And that was sore. That must have hurt. Oh, yeah. He was very apologetic about it, but uh, it was, um, it was, I I couldn't stop laughing, to be honest. And again, it it was laughter. Because that's the thing in Scotland. You just laugh, right? Honestly, you could lose an arm and people just laugh your head off. Oh, no, it's so true. Do you know what, though? There's a blind rite of passage, and I think that should go on there. You know, like falling off a train platform, that kind of thing. White cane, liquid level indicator. Whacked in the face by a bus mirror. Yeah, exactly. Falling off a train platform. That's the you're next officially. One. That's you're in the. Um, <laughs> what do they call that? The, what do they call it? Like the the, the fraternity, fraternity or something. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. In the club. In the club. Well, my mum 
um, has been, I think I've mentioned this on a previous show, um, ended up under the front wheel of a <gasps> double-decker bus. Oh, wow. Literally oh. resting on her chest. <gasps> so that was one time. And she's oh, had three times when God. her dog has gone between the um, platform and the train. Oh, and they've had to stop the train yeah. from going, lead her all the way along, holding the, you know, lead oh, my really God. low down to the thing so that the dog wouldn't, you know, go anywhere that it wasn't supposed to, off to the end and then try and get this dog back up onto the platform. So, yeah, our do lives are fraught, hers do you in know, particular. Do you know what? Um, it's really funny because um, when you get a dog, a guide dog, often they tell you when they're training you that a guide dog would never walk off the platform. Now, I'm not saying that your mum's dog did because it obviously got stuck in the gap. Yeah. But uh, some people's dogs have actually walked off the platform without meaning yep. to. And the fact that they tell you that that would never happen is actually, I think, a bit of a faux ami. You know, I think it's actually a bit of a, a bit of a, a, not necessarily a good thing to do because it it gives you false confidence that that will never be a problem. I was saying this last week. Was it last week mm. I said this about the whole guide dog thing? As much as I, I mean, I, I'll absolutely understand guide dogs are great, and I'm mm-hmm. not in any way saying they're not. But to then sort of do the opposite and hold them up as as saviors and saints is is not right either. They're they're as infallible as any as the rest of us, right? Well, yeah, and they are dogs. They are live yes. living beings that have they have good days and bad days exactly, like we do. That have it, in, inconsistency. And sometimes yeah. you you actually are the cause of them being confused. Yeah. So That's I was right. going to town yeah, the other oh, day, yeah. and I got a bit turned around, and. He was trying to take me the right way, but it didn't feel right. The acoustics were a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that there was a van parked up so that when I was going around this corner, I had the normal wall on one side, but this van on the other, and it just all felt wrong. Mm-hmm. So I actually made him go back, and then he was getting a little bit anxious. So um, in the end, he, he said, no, this is definitely the way to go. Um, but this is after, you know, several full starts. And so things like that, I mean, actually, that's not a really good example, is it? Because that's him being really clever and me being the the idiot but there are so many times when you might be the cause of the dog doing something inadvisable because you're, yeah, because yeah. you're not turned sure. around as well yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's on us isn't it as, as owners of, of these totally. dogs to you know that yes they are there to assist but they're not there to control that's no. they'll the stop you walking into things 99 times out of 100 which is absolutely brilliant you can go at the speed you like you can it, it's a stress-free uh, experience it really is but it's entirely up to you and other yeah. things can can get in the way as well so yeah I think it's the myth useful. I think it's there's a myth around guide dogs that they, because you know it's the sighted it's world's view of the that's dogs. right but mm-hmm. it, it comes from the fact that there's an idea that well we are entirely incapable I often find it hilarious that you know I'm this useless human on the end of a super dog I, I just can't understand the logic behind that <laughs> thinking yeah but I think it is just that classic thing of you're blind ergo you are. And you just being dragged around by a dog. Yeah, but, you're just but, being dragged around. The feeds, dog even knows more than you. But that feeds into the narrative for those people who don't have guide dogs and are considering them because then sighted people are saying, well, these dogs are great because you don't have to worry anymore. The dog will take you everywhere. You can just you know, put everything on the dog. And of course, then you go to guide dog school and they say, uh, no, <laughs> no, that's not the case. 
You need to put the work in. Yeah, it's, got, it's a partnership, and actually you're leading that partnership. It's not the other way around. It's, so, it's funny, though, because I actually had a really um, a really bad experience with my guide dog partnership. Um, and, and most of it was, I mean, there were some other issues too, but a lot of it was because I couldn't relinquish the control at all. And sometimes you do actually have to let I was the exactly the same as you. Work. Yeah. I did that in 19. They're always yeah. in front, and there's nothing you can do about trying to well you know you can you can give them instructions and and gestures and that sort of thing you can't push them with the handle you can't no. use the handle to twist the, yeah, the to you know, twist them around to the yeah. left or something that is that is not on so yeah they're not a steering wheel yeah. you no. have to relinquish a lot of control and there has to be a lot of trust and depending on where you are in your journey you know it might be that that's one step too far can i can i bring up yeah. a, a thorny topic that might get some people unhappy could we stop you Probably not, no. Um, okay, well then go ahead. I go just, on then. I, I think it's, it's, it's one of these topics, and that's what I love about this show, right? Because we talk about the stuff that maybe, you know, some people don't like talking about, or but we, but these conversations do happen in our community. Um, and it's about the amount of people, and there was a big, there was, a, I remember in the community, no one would talk about it on air. I remember when I was trying to bring this up as a topic at, uh, when I was at RNIB Radio, and, and nobody really wanted to come on and talk about it. And it was, but they, but they would talk about it privately, and that was the subject of guide dog owners getting or guide dog uh, people who are visually impaired getting guide dogs who had too much vision. Ah, oh. yep. And, and and it was actually yep. in some ways slowing down the process for other people getting dogs because there were so many people, you know, in the queue. It kind of opened it up to so many people, right? Um, so people who had a decent level of vision, and of course that's always relative to the individual. I put that out there, but mm. you know, I, I know of guide dog owners who you know would. I remember once being with someone in a park who had a guide dog, and we let the guide dog go, and the person walked around the park unaided, and right. I couldn't understand this. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you manage? Now I'm not saying that that therefore means they don't need a guide dog. But it does obviously raise questions of how much vision they have, right? And does the guide dog give support and companionship and all of that? Yes. But then I wonder, when I think That's back to my experience, remit, well, well, I think back to my experience at 19 and how much vision I must have had that was making, well, maybe I, I thought I had, I don't know. But it certainly meant that I was not listening to the dog. I know best. Mm-hmm. And that's what really sullied the partnership between my, me and my dog. Yeah. Um, that would be different today. I don't doubt that. But I, yeah, it's funny though, isn't it? Because I had virtually no vision when I went to, to guide dog training. And yet I still had the same control issues with the dog mm. because, and I think it was a bit of a hangover from partial sight as well. But it, I, I still think that even now, being the blind person that I am, like having basically no useful vision at all. And um, I, I still think that I would struggle with the control. With letting the dog, relying on the dog, trusting the dog to do. That's interesting. See, but but, but is, I guess yeah. my question though is: Are guide dogs really for totally blind people? No, I mean I've got absolutely no problem at all giving um, the wisdom of assigning a dog to a particular individual the benefit of the doubt when it comes to those partnerships, because we don't know what vision that person had who could make their way through the park. You know, it might have been very limited, but they were using it, you know, by really scanning around and using that small tunnel of vision to make sure there was no one in front of them Mm. in a familiar place while the dog was running off, you know, that kind of thing. Or maybe because, I mean, I when I free run my dog, 
I just follow the edge of the path. And to some yeah, people, they have cane. absolutely no idea, even though I've got a lead and a harness in my hand, that I'm visually impaired. Don't well, do ask me why. Do you not use your cane to follow the path? I don't have a cane. So, wow. Yeah, yeah at all. I mean, so, you know. What's, but, your, what's your backup plan? I don't know. It should one have a cane as well as a dog? Yeah, no, yeah. but if in your pocket no. or something like that. Why? Absolutely. Okay, so what happens well, if, what if the if dog's dog, not well? Yeah, exactly. If something to, if something happens to the dog. The dog is sick yeah. or yeah. runs off for some reason. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, now we got him worried. Yeah, no, it's all. I mean, uh, you know. No. Are you always the, with someone? Is that what it is? No, no, no. When, I'm, when he's free running, his recall's really good. He's got a bell on. Um, so I know where he is. I keep reinforcing his recall with... I don't mean someone... Know, I'm not necessarily no, no, suggesting the park, but, you know, just life in general, right? You, you need to go somewhere, the dog's sick all day or whatever, and you, the dog just can't do it. And how many guide dog owners do we hear? You know, I, I, my wife was the same. Funnily enough, the other day, my wife was going to work <laughs> and the dog just wasn't interested. It was just like, I am not mm. getting out of bed today. Yeah, You're not getting me to move. Well. So she had to go on her own. Um, well, then I'd happen. have to make arrangements, I guess. I mean, I've been working from home for nearly a decade, so. But well, that's, if the dog doesn't want to go out but... because they're genuinely sick, then yeah. that's fine. But if they are, if they start to refuse work, oh, yeah, that's a different thing. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. But, so, but if you were, well, if 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 the dog was sick and you needed to go out by yourself, for example, what would you do? I'm trying to think of the situation. I'd have to get help. I wouldn't. I haven't got a cane in the house, so I don't know. Really. No. Wow, that is, that's incredible. Out. I couldn't do that. No, I'd need to have a cane. I mean, no. I'd need to be able to get well, out of the house. because so. you guys use them every day. <laughs> no, no, but, but even but, when but I had a dog, though, a I still had a cane. I, mean, you, I used you're, to you're, take my cane out with me. I'm sorry, I sadly now you're teaming up on Robin here. Now. But, but did you not... Get, you must have been trained with a uh, cane at some point. Yeah, so I was at the IT... I mean, the um, Manor House, the RNIB Torquay place. Fantastic place. Long mm. closed down now. Such a shame. And I did, yeah, 18 months uh, I was I worked there. Man and boy. Learned mobility <laughs> with the long cane, really didn't like it at all. Yeah. It just, I felt very self conscious. And, you know, when I was down in the town, people would give you a wide berth and oh, yeah. for obvious it's reasons. Great. And it just wasn't, I just wasn't. <laughs> this sounds really awful, but I didn't like the, the person that I was with that thing. I felt really self conscious. I get that. Every and third, that's fair enough. Yeah. And that's why you got a dog, yeah. right? That's, that's and it's understandable. it's a really difficult town. Old, old, higgledy-piggledy, loads of uneven pavements, loads of belly buttons, you know, extra belly buttons all the time. <laughs> belly um, buttons. <laughs> so, Sorry, I've got my mind that? went somewhere else there. <laughs> what? You know where it gets belly stuck buttons. and it jabs you in the tummy. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. So then when I, when I, <laughs> I, think, well, when I came to Warwick and I got my first... But, um, well, at least interpret this for Tim. Because uh, I'm confused with belly buttons. I don't get that one. Do you, do you I know, know what he meant. When like you cobbly. are walking along, I didn't. The, I was taught to have it in the middle, not at the side. So whenever it gets and it caught. It would stab him in the stomach. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, and as soon oh, as I, I moved to Warwick. <laughs> I, oh, no, you know, oh, I get it now. Sorry, it's taken me about five years. Oh, sorry. Oh, there Stephen. we go. I've just got it. Oh, then well I was done, trained Stephen. with a guide dog and I've not used a, a white cane since. So. Really? What? That's that's incredible. I, I mean, I respect to you. I just, I can't. I can't do that. I could never do, even with a dog. I had a dog, but I only had a dog for a year. But yeah. My, ma my, my wife goes to work. She has a, a cane in her backpack. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I she used to She always has it with her because she, you know, she, what if she needs to 
if the dog can't go or something. I mean, something did. One, there was a day where something happened. The dog ate something it shouldn't have. It was like a party thing at the office and, you know, mm. the dog grabbed some food and, of course, immediately the dog had to be taken to the vet. Oof. And, um, you know, what would she do? How would she get home, right, if that dog had to stay there? She can't live at the vets. I don't think they have room. Um, Could someone so, put her in the cab and, well, you know. Again, it comes it, back you to just that. Do it, you? You'd but, have to, again, it comes yeah. back to that independence thing, right? It's like if you're constantly leaning on other people in that situation, wouldn't you be, rather have control of your own destiny? Yeah, yeah I was going to use that word. Never I don't. Yeah. Well, I guess but, but, but again, it's it, well, yeah, I get that, but then that doesn't mean it won't happen, right? So, but there's, being there's prepared never been is better the, than the messaging from the guide dogs people to keep your cane mobility up. See, there was for me. I got that message from guide dogs. Yeah, it was from Marie. Yeah, it was. So it must be um, a different, um, it must be different from a different, depending on where you train Mm. and probably a bit of a postcode difference as Mm, well. Maybe. Well, and that goes back to Stephen's original, you know, point on this and the question of, of that perspective, because I was that person when I was first losing vision, I still had plenty enough vision to get around and, 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 you know, be mobile. I eventually got a cane, but I used it mostly at night. And then of course that, that, became something I needed just to have all the time. But originally they said, well, you can go get a a guide dog. And I'm like, but I still navigate just fine. I'm losing vision, but I, I I can still read a certain size prints and I I can get around. I'm not even using a cane yet, you know, hardly. And they're like, well, you can still get a guide dog. You qualify. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I'd just be taking away a dog from somebody else who needs it. And wouldn't there be kind of a thing where if I'm not really using the dog, when I have the dog guiding me, you know, there's that idea that you could untrain the dog mm. and or not use it properly. And because I can see, so I'll be using my eyes and they're like, oh, there's enough dogs to go around. It, it, it'd be fine. You're not taking it away from anyone else and you'll be fine. It'll be something that you'll you'll really want to do. And, and eventually, if you do lose all your vision, then you'll have already been trained with the dog. And I'm like, no, this just doesn't sound right to me. This I would love a dog. I, I always have wanted a dog. But at this stage of my life, I don't do things enough that I would get proper use out of a dog. Um, if I was same. still going out on a, on a daily basis. You Are know, you around- not going out on a daily basis because it's not enjoyable stroke, you know, easy? No, like be- because I'm not working in the big city anymore where I'm taking transportation in, in and out of the city. I'm not going out and navigating that kind of a situation every day. Mm-hmm. If I go out and walk, I just walk our street, you know, go and walk around our neighborhood and and, and whatever and do that. Um, but I don't go anywhere that I would, that, that a guide dog would do anything differently for me than what my cane does. If I go to a restaurant or something, I'm almost always, number one, I'm almost always with my wife. Uh, so, and she's fully sighted. So there's that. Um, but if we go to a restaurant and I need to find, say the restroom or, or something like that, I, I just find it, you know, I, I you know, use my cane or once I find the door, then it's just a matter of, okay, I'm inside mm-hmm. the bathroom. Now, what do I do? Um, but, but I've figured out techniques for that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not in a situation where I would use a guide dog, I think, to its most appropriate uses at this point. Now, there was a time where maybe I would have, but I still had my my schedule, my routine that I was doing, and I did it just fine with my cane. I still, even when I lost all my vision over a uh, you know, couple decade period, uh, from that time when they said, hey, even though you've got almost all your vision still left, you could get a guide dog. Even when I lost it all, all you know, however, 20 minutes, you know, 20 years later, 20 million years later. Yeah. 20 <laughs> years later. Um, I, I don't know. It just I felt like it would be 
me getting a guide dog because I want to have a pet dog and because I want to just have a dog. And I, I just, I felt I'm comfortable with what I do and how I navigate and my situation. So I think it is very personal and it's very, you know, just situational. And, and that's true. But, that, and but going back to that original question, it's like, I, I did not feel comfortable being an almost fully sighted person, even though I knew I was going to lose all my vision or maybe lose all my vision someday. I just wasn't comfortable with the idea of, of having a guide dog at that point. Cause I just, I don't know. I felt like it, it just, I was going to untrain the dog, like I said, or I, I don't know. It just didn't seem right for me to do that. Yeah. I find it interesting. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of visually impaired people talk about, and I'm, when I say that, I mean, people with an amount of vision talk about the difference it makes to their lives, which I think is fantastic. And yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh yeah I'm not and, saying and it's I, not. I'm not suggesting for, for a people. second. Exactly. I'm not saying it just it's wasn't for, for me. No. And I'm yeah. just saying no. that it didn't, it didn't suit me either, but just, just going back to your point about, um, you know this this idea of you know going out and having a guide dog would that make us go out more it was interesting i brought this up this exact point to my uh well not my but to the guide dog people who came out to see me when i was thinking of applying just pre-pandemic yeah just around about that time and they told you no didn't they, they? said no they said yeah. well they said that's not a reason to get a guide dog if, right. you, if you're not actively going out every day or you're not actively doing certain things a dog is only going to serve as, to you as a nuisance. Yep. Because, I would agree with that. And I would agree. And, and the more I thought about it, I thought you're right, because I'm actually now creating a schedule for the dog, not for me. It's not my, so suddenly you're I've got all this stuff to do. I've got interviews, reasons. recordings, yeah, and I've got to stop yep. and then take a dog out that I didn't, you know, it's like, oh, right. And, and I came to the conclusion, and I was on the fence. I was on the fence at the start, but I wasn't going into this saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. I knew it would. Right. I knew the difference it would make out and about. I just wish I could have taken his batteries out at night. That was the problem. <laughs> that's I know, the reality. That's similar but... to me as well. I mean, I love dogs. I really do. Um, I don't want bat my batteries taken out at night. But, um, yeah, you, you know, do. Sometimes you do. <laughs> might help you sleep a little better. Oh, probably. That's a really good idea. I think mine are just revved up. Like, the, more, the more tired I get, the more crazy You're I get. You're on Duracell, I'm like you? a kid, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think if I'd have had the, the chance to... To have, yeah, to take the batteries out. If, if you could have a robot dog, I would take that. Yeah, I'd bad to have a robot dog. Yeah. yeah, the Amazon dog. What's that thing? The Oh, yeah, that thing that bounces around and climbs stairs. And... It's like $3,000 that you can't get, but some people can get oh, the, it. the Astro whatever. thing, the Amazon Astro. Astro, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it, Astro. Yeah, the only problem with that is it doesn't go upstairs, <laughs> and I don't think it can do much else, no, it, to be honest. It, no. It, yeah. You, you've got to need... To a dog, I think, for to justify yeah, the investment as much as anything else, and yeah. obviously, like we've been saying, it's a, it's not a decision to take lightly because there's responsibility, etc., no. etc. Et you have to make those sort of judgments before thinking about approaching the the guide. Do you know people, what? But... I, do you know what? Can I be brutally honest? You know what really pisses me off, and this is the problem, right? This is what really gets me sometimes and really irritates me, is the idea that having a guide dog makes you blind. Or uh, how can I put this? Makes you proper blind. It's like having dark glasses. It's like it's like a, 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 a graduation, mm. right? A rite of passage again. It's yeah. like the the cane. For some people, the cane is just a step towards a guide dog. And I don't mean this from yeah. blind people's point of view. I mean sighted people have this view. And and because I, I have had so many people, neighbours here in the street, other people who say to me, "Well, I mean, you know, I know you've got the cane, but your wife, you know, she's she is blind, right? Because she's got the guide dog." And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, maybe they think you need some vision to use a cane. We don't know what the public thinks, but absolutely I can well, they confirm must stop thinking that. that. Well, when you have I a... think most of the public believes that you either have sight 
or you, or don't. you don't. And yeah. a lot, of, I mean, I know between. some people, yeah, some people get it, but a lot of the public, I don't think, understands that in between. Yeah, well, the, yeah. the maybe we can have a little experiment. So for me, with a guide dog, no one has ever queried whether I can see. They, their natural there assumption is I've got no vision, blind as a bat. Yep. What about <laughs> you guys with your long cane? Um, I, it's no, a I mixture get, of asking. Get, yeah, yeah you case. see. I get a mix. Yep, so I get a mix. That's the when answer. I had a dog, I got asked as well, though, Robin. Oh, okay. So people used to say to me, are you training that dog? Is that dog for someone else? Uh, oh, my wife gets that a lot, yeah. yeah. And so, do you know why that is? She was told once why that was, because she didn't look blind. Yeah, I kind of got told that as well. Mm-hmm. Even though I've got wobbly look eyes, if you're too, I if you're still too, don't look blind. If you're too confident in your movement... <laughs> yeah. If you don't walk like, I mean, it's funny we use this phrase bumbling and, and I know some people hate this word stumbling and I agree because there's an image of a blind mm. person, I think. I mean, it comes from that sign, doesn't it? There's a road sign, elderly crossing, I think it is. And it's like two old people, one's kind of like an old woman hunched over and she's hanging onto her man's arm. And you just think, is that really the image? And the problem is that people equate or seem to equate that with the disability and then that feeds right into blindness and, and you know, we're just all useless and, you know, pointless people. It's like we... We talked about this several weeks ago, the idea of a person in a wheelchair, just because they're in the wheelchair doesn't mean that they can't maybe walk a short distance. Yeah, or that we did they, talk about that. That's right. Yeah. But well, if they dare to stand same, up, then suddenly you're a fake. And that's that's a right. real problem for a lot of people in wheelchairs. And I do get that. You don't look blind. But I'm yeah, not, of course. I never yep. translated that as you're a fraud. I thought it just meant that, well, when I'm talking to you, you're looking at in my direction. Do you know what I mean? That kind maybe of thing. you don't have eyes that... I don't know if you have nystagmus, but if you don't, then you probably are able to focus to some degree. Yeah, because he's been exercising his eyes. Oh, he's doing pelvic floor eyes. I've got Olympic eyes. You know, I've, I've found a name for them. Seagulls. You know, like Kegels, but... Uh, Kegels. Se- Kegels, yes. Seagulls. Yeah, Seagulls. I'm walking into that world, I don't understand. This conversation just went south. Yeah, literally. But no, honestly, though, I do think that... So, for example... I've, I've been on the bus quite a few times and there was this woman that came down and sat next to me and she's like, oh, my niece is my niece is like you, except she's not like you. I mean, she's actually properly blind. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. And I get that. Like, I've honestly yep, got I've no useful vision. I've got a tiny, like when I'm looking in this room, all I can see is a tiny weeny pinpoint but, but you know right where is, the window but you've is. Just, you've it. just proven exactly what that does, right? That means that all partially sighted people are people with, with so, so little usable vision, which I think, Sal, you and I are kind of at that point. Um, I think you've got more vision than I have. Well, pro- yeah, but, but this is the point. It becomes like a, like some kind of oh, competition. It's not a competition. No, it's no, no, a no, race no. to black, right? It's like a race to absolute but it is darkness. A di- there is a difference, though, Stephen. Like, for example, I don't, and I don't mean end this any in any disrespect to you because I know that you have virtually no vi- useful vision left. But you can still, like, if you can use your vision to read a little bit, that there, there is a slight difference in paradigm, I would say, still. And I know you're crossing that divide. Like, you always say you're standing yeah. on the knife edge. Yeah. Um, but I do do think that the, it, we should acknowledge as blind people that there is a slight difference in paradigm between partial sight and blindness and there is that no man's land in between where I think you are but but that it's not always you know there are I think and I think that the, the bitterness sometimes or perceived bitterness in blind people often comes from that notion that we that because a partially sighted person can do something a totally blind person should therefore be expected to do it too. And and that's the difficulty I think that people experience because you watch somebody who says they're blind walking around and doing these things and then you suddenly think, oh gosh, should I be able to do that? 
you I know, think the and I partial think site period is often the most challenging because I think so. Yeah. I'll definitely say that too. Yeah. Which is which is the irony because because the way the bitterness comes across sometimes as you talk about from from sometimes totally blind people and I've had it directed at me often enough mm. um, from totally blind people. You know, I often think, well, hang on, if it, if it's Nirvana to get to where you are, then why are you complaining? Because there's still a capability that we wish we had, maybe. I mean, I mean I'm, this, is a, yeah. this is a guess. You know, there's still... So, for example, I remember standing next to you in... When we went, when we, that one time long ago when we went for coffee. Um, and you were standing there... i never there forget the, it. Yeah, no. Well, it's only one time, you know. It was, I it was only it time, now. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, when we were standing in, in the doorway, and I remember coming in. Now, I know that... Um, Somehow, whether you, and I think you talked to me through what you'd done or whatever, but that you had a tiny bit of vision that was helping you to find the cue. Now, maybe it wasn't completely, but I would have just bumbled into the person in front of me. And that would, then I thought, oh God, well, he's not doing that. And he's only just, a, is that me just being rubbish? Or, you know, and it's all that so kind you think of it's a confidence. Things. You think it creates a, a, a lack of confidence in you? I, as I would a totally say so. Blind and I, yeah. I would say so yeah. that you suddenly start, but I think that happens also when you're with other totally blind people. Why can how can they do it? What what have I done wrong? Like, you see, I felt the other way. I feel it's so weird you say that because I felt the opposite, right? So our good friend Alan, who uh, yeah. is still at RNIB Radio, hi Al, if you listen, great guy. And you know, I, I remember when when I was everything was heading south in in, in my direction. Um, I would get sometimes frustrated at Alan. Now, he didn't often know that, I guess, but, but I'd get frustrated. And it was nothing to do with him. Nothing he'd done, nothing he'd said, nothing at all to do with Alan. But the fact that he was able to use Jaws, the fact he was able to, you know, move around the, the, the building and, and just do stuff, sometimes would just irritate me for no reason that made any sense, right? But it was. But looking back on it, I realised it was just because I was thinking, how's he doing this? How's he doing this with no vision? And I've got a little bit left and I, I can't do it. How is he doing this? And I think it, so. It's it's flip side. I think. I think it, it doesn't really yep. matter where you are on this. I think no. you can you can be on both sides of it and actually feel the same way. Um, and it, it's because again of the mental health aspect of losing sight that I nobody so. wants to talk about or believes is true. Well, yeah, and I think and I think it is also about that thing acknowledgement that you know because it's there's still I think this automatic belief in in us as humans that if you can see it's easier. Even if it's a tiny bit. Yeah. And because we've been through the journey, we're going, oh, um, it's easier if you can see. But it isn't. And you forget all this stuff in between. And that bit when you're frantically looking around in every direction, trying to find where, where there's a tiny pinpoint of vision left. And, you know, then you've bumped into 15 different cones on the way there or whatever. You know, that stuff that just doesn't happen to us because... We don't have to do that. Somebody said to me last week, they said, I hear you talk a lot about, you know, the fact you've, you've got so little vision and yet you, you do some reading and you, you do all this. And I said, I know, and, and we were having a chat about it. And, and there was, he was kind of saying, suggesting to me, you know, it's almost like you're trying to push, you know, whereas a lot of people will, will talk about using as much as they can of their usable vision. Uh, you tend to push away from that. It sounds like you're trying to almost push past that and just ignore mm -hmm. it. And I said, yeah, I, I kind of get what that is. And I said, there's probably truth to that because I think for me, just, just, and this is just me, but my, my vision is at a level where any kind of focus, any kind of attention on something for any length of time is painful, physically painful, mm. right? And that's where it's got to. So the reading is possible only because of the focus and the pain. Now, that's not, <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like, oh my God, poor me. But it just that's the truth of it, right? That's the reality. Now, what that means is that, so I can do the reading thing as long as I accept that reality. So as soon as this is finished, 
we will, I'll go off and I'll get my headache tablets and I'll have a lie down for an hour and then I'll get back on with my day. And that's how it works, right? So that's fine. But that, to me, is, is not acceptable long term because I just know that I can't keep that up forever. So I'm going to have to look at options and, and ways to figure that out. And we've got some ideas. I think, I think, Stephen, you've been in a unique situation because I know going back all these years that that I've known you, there was stories that I remember you saying, OK, if I was standing in a long hallway looking at someone coming at me, you know, I remember one point it was well, I could see them if they were maybe eight feet away. And then yeah, you know, right. maybe a year later, it was okay, yeah, it's about six feet away. I was actually listening to some old interviews that we had done here recently. And you talk about that where it was diminishing over, you know, six months, a year, mm -hmm. a couple of years where that that distance would go down and down. And then that window of vision would go down and down. And I know uh, Sean had the same situation with his RP. Uh, that tunnel of vision was getting smaller and is getting smaller and smaller. And so it's adapting to that and understanding that. And I think in your unique situation doing these shows and, and talking to blind people literally all the time for a living. How many times have we, we on and off of a recording had that conversation of, you know, should I use what I've got left or do I rely on the screen reader a little bit more? I remember you and even Sean to a lesser extent, but I know you yourself, Stephen, have talked a lot about in the past about going from you know, maybe using your iPhone where you tried to use your eyes to, you know what, I really got to focus on voiceover. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been a couple of years now, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, on the Mac or, or whatever and trying to say, OK, you know what? <laughs> I've got to step away from my vision I, a little because yeah. it's hurting me so much. I need to do this. I've been like a plane trying to land in a storm. Um, mm. It's yeah. just like I yeah. continually come in for a, a, an approach and it's like, right, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it. No, no I can't do it. No, no. And, and it's also because you, you kind of feel, I, I guess I feel that when you're doing it with the phone, I don't know why, but when, when you're using like voiceover or the you feel you're missing something. You feel it's like, Oh, but, but, but voiceover yeah. will read the whole website. It's not going to get the whole website right, so I need to look at it. And it's all rubbish. It doesn't mean anything. And the reality is, when you turn the screen off, and this was the other thing, and I was, I said to Sean when I was when we were on the trip, and when I was going down to London, I spent a lot of time doing editing and, and stuff on the on the train. Do you know, I was actually really, and I, I, don't say, I wouldn't say this very often, if I'm honest, but I was really proud of myself at being able to do all that mm. with the screen off, obviously, but... Not not yeah. because the screen was off, but but being able to do it, be able to do my edits, be able to do my emails, to do all this stuff and be productive and you know, really use that time and do it all um, without vision. And it felt great because the reality was in the end of the, the trip, I was I didn't have a headache. I didn't have any. I was fine. Yep. Oh, that's and it. it. I and remember. it's not taking your energy from you. Sorry, Tim. No. It's not taking no, it's okay. your energy. But do you know what, Stephen? I, I went through this journey, total, pretty much exactly the same, um, being, you know, as a t late teenager and having to kind of switch off the site. And do you know what? I, I, I really do believe that it's actually part of not only the acceptance process for you with your mental health or, you know, uh, with our mental health, but I think it is part of the the processing switch that has to be made and you're doing the fact that you're doing it preemptively is incredible because a lot of people don't and they wait until they've got nothing left and they go oh no what are we going to do you know but it's you're actually doing them. yeah exactly yeah. and you're doing That's it preemptively right. so now you can go well okay aesthetically it's not very it's not great because i can't see what i used to be able to see but actually practically there is no difference now between functionally what i can do and what i want to do you know, there's no golf. Do you know that the only them. the only physical the only actual vision related thing I do anymore is read these emails. That's the that's the truth of it. Nothing else I do is visual. 
nothing. And gaze longingly into your wife's eyes. No. Oh, oh we both try and do that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but that's a thing. She got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, but that's the thing, right? We. Um, but no, I remember. I remember Stephen when you were was it Adobe Audition you were using years and years ago, and you tried so desperately yes. to use your vision to do it. And Sean and I kept saying, "Really, just stop. Just oh, get the going. Come on. Yeah, I know. You were hurting your. I mean, you were literally hurting yourself. It was painful for you. It was painful for us. You know, as your friends to be like, to to it. watching you do this. So I was like, oh my god. It just, and then your workflow got better. And it's not. And and like you said, you we all want to rely on whatever vision we may have left or may not have left. Um, you know, we want to hold on to that desperately for." various reasons. As a parent, I have, you know, maybe different reasons than someone else. I wish I, you know, could see my daughter's face or, or, yeah. you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know, uh, but as far as reading print or anything like that, I don't care. You know what? I, I'd like to see some of the special effects in some of the new movies and things, but Hey, you know what? I can still enjoy them. But, but when you have a workflow where, you know, I had this, I, I've talked about this you know many times in the past when I started uh, a job, and, you know, it was the whole, you know, turn off the monitor and put away the mouse. And I'm like, you well, what now? You know, I, I've got vision. I can see that half of a word on the screen at a time at, you know, 30, whatever point. You know, I, I can do it, right? And, and, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, so, so that, it, but it's that personal acceptance that, that you were talking about, Sally, the, that, the, that getting to that point of, okay, ready or not, you know, I, I've got to find an acceptance here and, you know, you maybe still try to use what I've got, but boy, it's not a bad idea to maybe try to learn other tools to help me do this. It's, it's where I go back to, like I was talking about with the guide dog earlier. I knew that the vision that I had growing up was not appropriate for me to get a guide dog, but in retrospect, boy, I wish I had learned Braille when it was offered to me because yeah. I, I had the same thought of, well, you're trying to teach a sighted person Braille. Well, that's silly. I'll learn it later when, and if I need it. Yeah. <gasps> Tim, it just reminded me about my package. I was going to bring oh. my package out today on the show. Oh, oh, oof, oof. Oh, I've no. got it here. Can Steven. you hear it? I, yeah, I, but we can't I'm hear not... you very well. Still no, I know. Hear this, you. this microphone's terrible. Um, this is supposed to be like the best mic that's available ever. And I don't know what. Some, someone's been playing with the settings, I think, and I don't know what's going on. Oh, I wonder who that is. Yeah. Let's, let, yeah, gee. Let someone else. Let's is some... that your friend again? Your it's friend? my friend. Well, he, he sets all my stuff up, right? I, I, do, I do nothing around here. Um, but yeah, this is from Hadley. This is from Hadley uh, in the Ooh. States, who've sent me via yep. Tim. Free Matter for the Blind. You'll know that name. Yes. Uh, so this mm -hmm. is the first book. Have them send me some stickers, will you? I mean. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, well, uh, this is the first book in a series of books yes. to learn Braille. This is a new Braille for Everyday Living course that they've started. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really interesting because they're not focusing on uh, it's, it's not like some of these other courses, which is, you know, good luck reading War and Peace at the end of this. It's not about that. It's about, you know, using Braille in a functional way every day for adults today. So this this sounds really cool. Um, yeah, I took lesson one of their other, you know, the Braille introduction course. The first book is what I have. Uh, it was the letter L um, with the with the tape to go along with it to to learn the letter L. I've got that as well because I've got that actually. I've got it right now on my... From the, Hadley. The, yeah, well, that I've was what Hadley the, sent me. I've got the letter L, oddly enough, on the left side of my road headphones, which have got Braille on them, believe it or not. Yeah, mine have. That, I think they all do. Most headphones do. Do they? I have yeah. never found this in my, my life. I've got the, like, the most rubbish pair of uh, JVC headphones for a tenner. Wow. From Amazon, and they've got L and R on in Braille. Just to say, if you're interested in this course, they will ship the books out to you for free. Uh, the course is free, and they'll send it to anywhere you get mail. 
Um, so if you live in a country that gets mail, then you get this <laughs> if you want it. It's absolutely brilliant. But I think they still do it this way as well, Stephen. When I took the L course, um, the, L I, course. The, the, the one book that I did, um, they actually, the L? Seriously. yes, one book for the letter oh, L. They dots. assigned a instructor there at Hadley for me so that I could either call them or email them. And if I had questions or if I was ready for the next book or you yeah. know, the next lesson, basically, lesson. <laughs> yeah, I get the next letter. I want the next letter. Just one more. It's In like the encyclopedias. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when we were kids and you actually bought physical encyclopedias. You yes. order, you know, That's right. I get the letter A. Now I get the letter B. We had one we had one like that in the UK called Tree of Knowledge, which my mum would buy like it was a magazine every week and you would build it together. It cost an absolute fortune. I think I read about a page Ridiculous. of it. It was utterly nonsense. Do you know what I learned Braille with? A, a course called Spot the Dot and it was for oh. teens and it had Grange Hill, believe it or not, oh, stories wow. in it. And it had a whole bunch of like these little, but I never learned grade one. Isn't that funny? I never learned Braille by learning <laughs> oh, really? grade one first. I learned using, yeah, various combinations of letters. So this Spot the Dot course was actually so quick and easy for me. I learned the whole of great. English, French, maths, German, science uh, in three months. Because Not just because of Spot the Dot, but Spot the Dot was mainly the reason why I could learn it so quickly. Uh, going back to Anne's email, which we started reading about a week ago. Um, oh my. She says, I love the show. The banter is brilliant. Keep up the great work. Uh, P.S. Stephen, I can't believe you took your wife to McDonald's on your first date and she still married you? <laughs> Smiley no, no. face. <laughs> she uh, wanted a McFlurry. She's like, if we if we you know get to 20 years, I'll have a McFlurry. I should say we were 19 at the time. So, you know, <laughs> where else do you go when you're 19, Sorry. right? Um, Anywhere. And in <laughs> had no money. Did what then? I, I was just like lowly kid who knew nothing. Yeah, Spotty come on, you child. got DLA then, Stephen. Come on, no, I did, you got uh, Are you kidding? My mum got DLA. I, I I never saw a penny of that. Oh, um, my mum gave it to me. Yeah. Oh, that's no. I mean, I, I was looked after. Don't get me wrong. By the same token, you know, mum mum yeah. took care of all that. Oh, uh, Anne in Northern Ireland. That was who got in touch there. Thank you so much, Anne. Uh, Narina writes in on our discussion of picking up dog poop. Oh. Um, <laughs> D-Roll, I listened with interest on Saturday's show last week regarding how you pick up your guide dog's poo. That is, if you do not get the neighbours to do it. Shame on you, Stephen. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm, now on my, I'm now on my sixth guide dog and much prefer for them to do their business on a lawn. Therefore, you have a 99.9% .9 confirmation that they do not do one on your path or patio. I use a long bamboo cane, usually six to eight feet long, and roll it along the ground until you hit a bump. Then, just like playing snakes and ladders, walk up the other side of the cane. <laughs> so if you feel the bump on the right, you walk up the left, and if you and then you pick it up either with a bag, or I have the luxury of being able to put it down a manhole, uh, or woman hole, sexist. Um, personal. Personal. Uh, disgusting. So use a glove and put it in the bucket with water. It is easy, Stephen. Um, your neighbours will soon get used to that blind guy going fishing on his lawn. Hmm. One of um, my first guide fishing. dog, they built a, a run in the back garden. They'll do that for you. Yeah, they do. With paving stones. And then and you've got a bucket, you've got a, sh a shovel and oh, a, a scrubbing brush and water. That's how you yeah. do it. Yeah. But And my mum, she went, well way back when, before she had uh, some sighted assistance, would use a piece of braille paper because it's quite stiff and kind of scrape along. Oh, what? To the Yeah, because, you know, it's stiff enough to scoop it up and oh. it, you kind of just make your way around the area with this uh, large bit of paper to find the poo. Wow. 
every time Robin you I'm so glad me. I stayed up for this <laughs> I must admit says Narina I always had to keep the grass cut short which made it easier but my present dog decided to turn the lawn into a racetrack and eat the turf so decided to get an artificial lawn so now it's even easier no long grass or bumps in the lawn except the ones that you're looking for uh, I suppose you could call this a bit of useless information um, thank you for the update regarding the Victor Reader stream yeah we were talking about whether or not it's uh, coming out with a new version or not maybe it's a new track there's no details really coming out but talk of a new Victoria stream uh, Narina says uh, it does give us hope that another one is coming out wouldn't it be nice or what would be nice is if you could download directly from Audible right into the stream without the use of a computer we will mm, wait and see nice. yeah that would be pretty cool best wishes to you all thanks for a great podcast now Greg writes in regarding how our mobility aids can be misidentified remember we talked about this a little bit last week hello techies around uh, 35 or so years ago when I was still a pretty new guy to using a cane and still had some good central vision I was sitting in a bank lobby waiting for a chance to talk to the manager I was apparently fidgeting with my cane impatiently uh, with the wait so a police officer came up to me asking what I had in my hands. The bank manager thought I had nunchucks and called the cops. Of course, <laughs> upon unfolding the cane, everyone was very embarrassed and apologetic. Oops. What's a nunchuck? Oh, is that what that a bad thing? Is that not for those Nintendo it's, games? It's no, no, it's a weapon. Is it? Um oh. you have a, like a <laughs> stick on a stick on two different sides and a chain in the middle, and then you can wield it around and whack somebody with it, someone with it right okay that sounds my, my that daughter sounds actually funny. has a pair for her karate uh for her karate class they, do you buy them on amazon chucks. probably can oh, i sorry? suppose you can get everything else on amazon can you you can get you can get them on amazon um regarding libel laws and twitter elon musk was sued for libel when he called the guys who rescued the teens stuck in a cave in thailand a pedophile and won the case by convincing the jury that it was normal practice on twitter Libel laws do vary from country to country, and Twitter and the social media have no borders. My concern with Twitter is not what people call each other, but the huge volume of lies, fake videos, and mm -hmm. sophisticated propaganda aimed at unsophisticated people at a time when Ooh. democracy is under attack in the US and elsewhere. In the past, free speech has generally been a force for good, but it is being abused for ill purposes, and to some degree successfully so. What the answer is, I sure don't know. Um, you know what? I, I've got probably a, a slightly varying opinion to that one, which is, you know, one thing lies appearing on social media, but people spread those lies and people have got to be smarter. You know, yep. people have got they to be smarter. They don't do their due diligence to make sure if it is a lie, they just go, oh, I like that and I'll share yeah. it, whether it's true or not. So and, that and that's, spreads that's the lies. And it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make the lie okay, but, you know, spreading it really doesn't make it okay. Just the don't, just don't retweet it, this stuff, you know? If it plays to your preconceptions or to your kind of tendency to, um, I don't know, think that things are a conspiracy or whatever it might be, you will probably share it or at least, mm -hmm. um, you know, sign up for that. But then don't follow yeah. that person because you're going to get a sense from people, right? There are people you follow, you get a sense of who they are by based on what they tweet, obviously, right? So you get a sense mm -hmm. of that. And if, you, if they're starting to send a lot of nonsense out, just unfollow them. I don't think it's. Is, I don't think it's out of order to say that um, you know the audience. Many of the audience aren't that sophisticated. I think that's actually just the truth. How many of us have? Um, it's a little bit cruel, and from, and from and from you especially, who gets annoyed at being unkind. Succumbed to in any a, way. That's um, a pretty a unkind statement. Email, or yeah, you know, there's yeah, a lot I, of very clever people out there trying to subvert the truth or take advantage of people and Does i think there needs to be safety 
checks in place because people... Sorry, Sal? Sorry. No, sorry, I was just going to say, does that make us unsophisticated then? Because we don't have, you know, who defines what's sophisticated? That's what this is all what it comes back to for me. It's like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying, Robin. You know, there's lots of people that have been scammed. There's clever people that are trying to uh, pervert the course of, of justice, let's say, or whatever. You know, there's a whole bunch of different things. But but then who decides how, how who's who's in the right and who isn't? Who, when it who's comes the to body basic on facts, free speech? I think that's who's, quite important to have a fact-checking element to social media. But who's going to do and the checking on yeah, social yeah, media network? Or, I think that's why it's it's up to the person to do their due diligence. If they see something, don't just automatically presume that it's accurate. And I think that that's the that problem. It creates this idea of these helpless vulnerable victims who are all we're all just you know waiting for the next lie to drop and then be sucked into it and i think that that's actually too really black and white though because but, but it's not that untrue if you think about it because look at look at all these situations where people say, oh, oh the help we're helpless because we can't you know all this fake news is flying around well don't tweet it don't post it don't read it get rid of it but not to not to mention the fact though that there is a, there is um and again i don't really want to bring this up to politics down to politics all the time but there is a particular um subset of friends that I've got um who who really slammed into the Brexiteers. Now um I'm I've got some really close friends who voted for Brexit. I didn't vote for it. Um but you know how many people how many of us have said, oh well the Brexiteers have been lied to, you know, so many people have been lied to and 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 kind of touted one particular political bias as be or, or not bias, you know, political leaning agenda. as as thank you agenda as being the right one mm. and then and then who you know so then where does this stop because if you if you end up affiliating yourself with a particular political leaning and classing that as the right way to think the right um that the sophisticated in air quotes way to think sorry greg uh the sophisticated way to think then where does that end that's my problem with it all yeah um I'd love to continue this, but I got to go. So, guys, it's been brilliant being with you today. I, we got so many more emails I haven't gotten to yet, and I apologise for that. We try and get through as many as we can in the time we have, but uh, it's been real fun and, and always a great debate. And you know, one thing people often say uh, to me privately on on messages I get on Twitter is from people saying, "Oh, you know, I hope my email didn't cause you know any uh, you know argument between you." Thanks, I've got to say. Yeah. All of us, we're all friends here. No. We, we come in as friends and we leave as friends. That's how it works. Hang on, mm-hmm. Robin, what are you saying? Um, so- <laughs> totally, totally. No, I, I, yeah, I would agree as well. And what, what goes on in the debate stays in the debate as far as I'm concerned. It does. We, we don't continue that. And that's the one thing we actually, you know, we are probably, we are perfect people. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. we are the Marvelous. perfect people. Because we don't, we don't fight about this stuff off here. We don't examples. continue this on for hours and end. We don't, we don't all fall out over it. Because you know what? That's what sensible people do. Well, because we can have a respectful dialogue about it yeah. and still leave it on the table and, and walk away and still be friends. And that's the key. And that's to quickly put it back to that Twitter conversation or social media conversation. That's sometimes what's missing is people being able to just find a way to have a respectful dialogue and then walk and away. And then leave it. Yeah. I've seen a lot of examples. I've yes. seen a lot of tweets recently, especially on Twitter. And it's funny it's on Twitter. From people saying, you know, I put that's a where tweets would be. Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> yes. Um, but what, what I mean what is, I've seen a lot of tweets, friends? especially on Twitter. Yeah, that, that all fell apart very quickly. Um, punch did. up, punch up. <laughs> but, you know, I see a lot of these tweets from people saying things like, you know, I put something out here on Twitter and, you know, I didn't get the respect or the, the thought, I, you know, the, the kind of the 
care or attention I thought I would get in return, and uh, I was disappointed by that. And I think this is a this is a dangerous trend we're on. We're for the wrong reason. People are expecting you to agree with them, and that's got to stop. We've got to stop that. Got to stop this idea that everyone agrees with you, and we all just agree, and everyone's agreeing. And you know, and if you don't agree, we cancel you, we shut you down, we silence you. We've got to stop that. We've got yep. to get used to being uncomfortable. Yes, I am. That is my mission in life: is to make people as uncomfortable <laughs> as humanly possible. Is it working? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. You've been succeeding at that for many, really years. That is my aim in life. If you're well feeling done, comfortable, Stephen. then we'll change. Stop. That. Do you know um, what? <laughs> I've been made uncomfortable by this show. Excellent. Because I need well the done, loo. Oh well, you go, you go. Uh, we will catch you guys <laughs> again soon, and we'll catch <laughs> to the loo. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Keep in touch. You know how to do it. We'll give you the details in just a second. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, thank you. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.